0: Hi, everyone. This is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through his word for his people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship him and take his message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening.
1: I invite you this morning, find your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. As you're turning there this morning, what we're going to do is we're just going to hang out. And we're going to talk together. We're going to be talking about what I believe God is calling First Baptist Church in Cherryvale to be all about. What I believe is God's vision for this church, for His church. This morning we're going to be starting a new three-week series called Unstoppable. And so we're going to spend these next three weeks, we're going to be looking at what God has called us to do. What we should be all about as his church. What God has called this church to be. And what unique role each and every one of you play in this undertaking. And it's what God is asking us to do. We're going to be looking to the future, understanding this is who we are right now. But this is where we are and this is where we're going. And then we're going to look where he's asking us to be, where he's asking us to go. This can be such a powerful series if, if you allow God to release the power within you. Now, the goal of this series is to have you walking out of here in three weeks saying, Wow, that truly is an unstoppable vision. But friends, here's what you need to understand. It's not an unstoppable vision because it's something that we have come up with. Something that man, that we have done or we can do. It's going to be an unstoppable vision because there's been and there will be a group of people that are on their face before God saying, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to be? What are you calling this church? What are you calling each and every one of us to be in this world? And that's why it's an unstoppable vision because God's behind it. It's not our vision. It's God's vision, and it's what God has asked each and every one of us to be, each and every one of us to do as we move forward. The leadership team, and they don't know this yet, I haven't broached this subject with them, but I'm going to be asking them to work with me, and we're going to craft a mission statement for the church. That mission statement is going to be focused around three core principles. These are principles that the church must be about. They are a living worship, a loving fellowship, and a compassionate outreach. Church, we need to be comfortable doing anything and everything short of sin. We must be willing to get out of our comfort zone, to get uncomfortable with this goal of being able to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. We need to envision a mission of seeing a person tithe for the very first time and to give in fear, to give with expectancy. Is God, is he really going to bless me when I give? What's he going to do in my life? With an expectation to the mission of seeing lives change. To the mission of seeing marriages put back together. To the mission of seeing people walk away from addictions and habits. I'm telling you right now. And many of you already know this. But Stephanie and I, we are committed to this mission. Here's my question for you. Will you join us? Will you give your life to the mission? And I'm talking all of you. I'm talking everything. Because that's what God is asking you to do. Jesus did that. And he asks us to join him along that path. Let's look at our text for this morning. Please stand in honor of reading God's word. We're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. I'm going to be reading only two verses this morning, verses 34 and 35. But in the setting here for this verse, Jesus is really just hanging out with a group of people. And some of those people happen to be his disciples. Now, in this gathering, he says something that many people back then and many people today find a little bit disturbing. Let's pick it up, verse 34. It says, In calling the crowds to him, and that's him being Jesus here. And calling a crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him what? Say this with me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. And what? Follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for the sake of the gospel will save it. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again for your word and for the truths that are in it. We know that your word is infallible. There's so many great things in it. And we just thank you for this passage that's going to help us understand what you want your church, this church, to be all about. God, I pray that this series will light a fire under each and every one of us to get out of this church. Get outside the walls of this building and reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Because if we're not doing that, God, then there's no reason for us to be meeting in here. So God, I pray that you'll instill in us this this unstoppable vision to be people just sharing the love of Christ with everyone that we come across in our daily lives. God, we love you. We praise you. Use this series. Use me as your mouthpiece, Lord. And if I'm a hindrance, Lord, get me out of the way so that this church and these people can thrive. God, it's in your name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. You may be seated. Now if you study this scripture and if you go back and you study the times of Jesus, you'd see that hanging on the cross was like their most favorite form of punishment for an execution. We saw this last week with the crucifixion of Jesus. What would they do? They would actually put the cross on the man's back and they would walk him step by step through the city. And everyone along the way would see them coming through there and they would mock them and they would spit on them and they would laugh at them as they're carrying this cross up to their execution point. That was the first instance of somebody taking their cross into the community. Now, if we're really going to cut through our text this morning, what you're going to see is this. Jesus... He is asking you and me. He's asking us to do that same thing right here. He's asking us to deny ourselves, to take up his cross and take his cross into the community, take Christ to the community wherever we are, to take Christ into our work, into our homes, our boardrooms, our offices, our schools, onto the sports fields where we're playing, into our favorite shopping places on our dates when we go on them, into our living rooms, into the music that we listen to and while we're watching TV. And that we would not be partially devoted followers of Christ. But that we would take Christ with us every single place that we would go. Now that's a pretty high bar, isn't it? It's a pretty high mark that he set. Jesus is really asking us here to do what? To step up, isn't he? He wants us to step up our game for him. Let me show you something. And this is really cool. In fact, it's mind-blowing to me. There's a church in the book of Acts. It's one of the very first churches that was ever started. And they raised the bar. They said... We're going to be fully devoted followers of Christ. They said, we're going to be obedient. Even if it gets uncomfortable, we're going to do it. We're going to follow you wherever you are asking us, whatever you are asking us to do. And I want to show you how God came alive in that church and in those people. I want you to picture this right now. Those in this room right now, picture God moving amongst these people, amongst this church in the same manner like he did in this Acts 2 church. Look with me at Acts 2, 42 and 43. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to the prayers and all came upon every soul. I love this part of that passage. I really do because it doesn't mean, well, okay, there was only just like 10 people that it happened to or maybe just those in the first few rows of the church that it happened to. It said what? They were all filled with awe you walked in this morning. You'd have a sense of awe about coming in here. You had this feeling of God, I know you're going to move in here this morning. You're going to change my life. You're going to change that person's life or that person's life. God, we're going to feel your presence here this morning. There's this awesome expectation when we walk in the doors. Every time they gathered back in that Acts 2 church, they had an expectation that God was going to move and he was going to move miraculously. And because of that, you'll see in scriptures that many wondrous and miraculous signs were done. Friends, this is important here. Because all, not most, not some, not a few, but all, all believers. What did this pastor say? Were together. They were all together in what they were doing. There weren't a few Christian elite. There weren't the tenured out there, the entitled, that had their own agenda of what they wanted to do in the church. All believers, it says. All believers were together. Look at it, Acts 2, 42 and 45. It says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them the proceeds to all as any had need. Church, the last part of that verse right there, it's important to true community, isn't it? It says that they gave to anyone. They were distributing what they had to any as they had need. That's the point of our blessing box. So if you need something from that blessing box, I encourage you, go take something from that to help meet your needs. And if you have extra, drop it into that blessing box so you can be a blessing to the rest of the church. But that's the purpose of that. Look, I know there's some here that you don't care much for some of the others in this church. And some, I mean, let's be honest. There's some of you here that don't care a whole lot for me and my family. Some just wish we would leave. But that's not at all what the Bible's teaching, right, about a loving church, about a loving people. Perhaps you slept through that series that we went through a while back. listen, I know why God has brought me and my family here. I know, without a doubt. I know what God expects from his church and from his people. And I'm confident right now that I am walking smack dab right in the middle of God's will for me and my family. The question is, are you? Are you doing the same thing? How often is it we see someone in the church that needs help and we don't help? Oh, I'd help it. I don't have any extra money right now. I got my car payments, my home payments. We got cable, the phone, the data. I mean, all blah, 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 blah. My money's all tied up in this stuff that I need. Or maybe you're thinking, it's like this. I don't want to help him. I don't even like the guy or the girl or whoever it is. He deserves what he gets. Serves him right. Besides, it's my money. And I get to decide what I do with it. All I can say to that is, really? Really? Is it your money? Is it? Because if you are a true Christian, then you know that your money, it's all God's. Every single penny belongs to him. He only asks us to give back to his work through this church a scant 10% of what he allows us to get. That's all he wants. He lets you use the other 90% in your household to support the work through your home. But it's all his He's the true giver of the blessings. He's the true giver of the riches that we get in our lives. When we look at this Acts 2 church, what we see here is if they had property or something like that, and they saw somebody in the church, somebody that had a need or having a financial challenge, they would go to what was like their eBay or their Craigslist or whatever they had back then, and they would sell something. They'd sell it off, and then they'd take that money, and they'd give it to that person that had the need. Why? Very simple. Because they loved them and because they cared about them. Every day, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. You see, one experience a week of meeting together, or once every two or three weeks, or maybe two or three times a year for the Christers that we have, that just wasn't enough for them to be meeting together. They needed to go, they needed to gather together, they needed it every single day. They broke bread in their homes, they ate together, and they did it, what did it say, with a glad and sincere heart. Listen to the power of this verse. It's the last part of Acts two forty-seven. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Friends, that church right there in Acts 2, that was a church that didn't sleep. The Spirit of God, it went through that church, and they went beyond merely being just partially committed to God. And they went beyond just their own comfortable lifestyle that they were living. And what they did was they did life, and they did it as God wanted it. And they said this to God. They said, God, use us. Use us as you see fit. We will do whatever it is, God, that you want us to do. We will do it. And what do we see in Acts 2? It's this. God used that church, right? He used that church to absolutely change and transform their community. The question we must ask is this, why not this church? Is there any reason God can't use this church? God can't use this group of ragamuffins here to transform and to change lives and to change a community. Understand, what God can do is absolutely mind-blowing. Our vision, it must be something man cannot create. Something man cannot, without the power of God that we cannot achieve, we're going to create an unstoppable vision. Because God will craft this vision with us. He will hand it to us. And then he's going to say to us, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you to be about. question is this. How do we all participate in this vision that God is asking us to do? How do we reach all these people? Let's look at that under number one. It's this. We must have a vision for a church where everyone is welcome. Everyone. We need to have this deep inside of us that everyone is welcome. I want you to say it with me right now. Say it with me. Everyone is welcome. Question is, do you believe that? Revelation 22:17 17 says the spirit and the bride say come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus stands before you today and he's saying, you are welcome in this church. You are welcome in any of my churches that follow me. It doesn't matter the hurt. It doesn't matter the pain. It doesn't matter what it is that you're going through in your life right now. This is a place that you're welcome. You're welcome here in First Baptist Church. If someone walks up to me or, or they walk up to you and they say something like this, well, listen, I'm Catholic. Or, I mean, Or it could be any number of religions, okay? I just pick that one. And they say, look, I don't really believe all of that stuff that you believe, but can I come in and listen? Your response better be absolutely. Come on. You're welcome here. Come and join us. Run into somebody struggling with an addiction. Could be alcohol, crack cocaine, gambling, whatever it is. He comes to you. He has tears in his eyes and he says, my life's a mess. Can I come here? You need to look at him. And let me tell you, you need to hug him and say, yes, you're welcome here. We love you. Friends, church, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they've done in their life, our response must always be you're welcome here. You're welcome with your doubts. You're welcome with your questions. You're welcome with your fears, your poor decisions, your pain, your hurt, your addictions. You're welcome here. You're welcome with your righty clothes. You're even welcome with your pressed suits. You're welcome with your agnosticism or your mullet if you're still one of those who likes to support a mullet. You're welcome even if you're a Sooners fan. They are welcome, right? Okay, good. I was hoping they were. Here's what you need to be asking right now. What role can I play in this vision? It's simple. You need to be able to welcome people. You need to welcome people people welcome them welcome people in the community your friends your family people who don't know christ people who don't have a church home people that are hurting you need to welcome them you need to bring them with you next weekend i this is something i encourage you to do i encourage you to get your bulletin out and i want you to write down three names of people right now that you need to bring to church with you next week why do i ask you to do this and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not because I'm all about the numbers, because anybody who knows me, know I don't care a single bit about the numbers. It's this, because people are hurting, and lives need to be changed. And the only way they're going to change is if we get them in front of Christ. We must be a church that welcomes everybody. We need to bring them in, and then we'll see God move. We'll see God work. We'll see God absolutely change and transform these people and this community. He just needs a church he can use to do it. That's all he needs. Friends, let's be that church. Let's be that. It's an unstoppable vision that only God can give us. So first, we have a vision for a church where everyone is welcome. Second, we have a vision for a church where everyone is needed. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities... But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. What you need to understand is God has given us all, each and every one of us. He has given us gifts, He has given us talents that are to be used for Him in His kingdom to do what? To see lives changed. That's the purpose of those gifts. Friend, if you're sitting here right now, I want you to know that God, He has given you a gift. God has given you some kind of talent. And if you're not using it, there are things in this church that are not getting done because you're not using it. Because you're not stepping up to the plate. Because you're not giving your gifts and your talents to the Lord. Those things that God has given you. You're not using them in the context of the local church in this church, Christ's church. You know, God has given us the local church. And why did he do that? He has given it to us to help us redeem and to save the lost world. We have a couple of ladies every single week. They use their gifts every single week they selflessly give her their time and their talents to teach God's youngest little children every single week they nurture them they encourage them they build a foundation of God's love in them and a basic understanding of the stories of scriptures they do that from the early possible age and for that all I can say is thank you to Miss Tony Miss Phyllis and Miss Ashton who helps out down there as well God is using their gifts for his glory We have a couple who now, over 15 years, has been running our bus ministry. 15 years. A ministry that reaches out to children of all ages in our community. Children who would never come to church if it weren't for this bus ministry. Many of them. It allows us to minister to them. Minister to their families. Thank you, Greg and Tana, for what you do selflessly each and every Sunday. We have some folks that work tirelessly when needs arise in the church. Like this funeral this past week, we have some people that just jumped into action, jumped into service, even at the last minute when there was very poor communication that was going on between the family and everybody else. On short notice, they came in, and they made sure that the family was taken care of, their needs were met. And they did it in a great way. You're all being used in a mighty way. Thank you, Tana, Stephanie, Marcia, and Terry for all that you did during the funeral this week. God is using you all in a mighty way. There's so many more people that do things in this church every single week that we are thankful for. Church, my only comment to you right now is if you're not using your gift, use your gift for God. Because if you're not, something in this church is not getting done. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 23 says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So, when God, when he looks, he looks at First Baptist Church, what does he see? He sees a body, right? He sees a family. Some of you might be heads. Some of you might be feet. Some of you might be hands. Some of you might be big toes. Some of you might be, b- okay, backsides. We'll use that word. I mean, come on, we're all b- backsides every once in a while, aren't we? We are, okay? Let's be honest. But here's the thing, and I rarely say this, but I want you to know this. We, this church, we need you, and 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 you. We need all of you. Right now, to be busy in this church. Friends, this vision is too big. It's unreal what God is going to do. God has given each of us, every one of you, a gift. I want to ask you right now, before you leave here today, I want you to make a commitment to God and say this, God, I'm going to serve. I'm going to use my gifts that you have given me. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to serve. I'm going to make a difference. Make a difference in this church. Make a difference in Cherryville. Make a difference for the kingdom. Why? It's because we. Because First Baptist Church, we will be a church. We have a vision, a church where every person is what? Needed. We're all needed. So first, we have a vision for a church where everyone is welcome. Second, a vision for the church where everyone is needed. Third, we're going to close out with under number three. We must have a vision for a church where everyone is changed. Romans ten thirteen says this. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. When we come in here on Sundays... We all come, every one of us, we come with this thing we call baggage. It's life. It's the things that happen to us. We all come in here with pain. You have your own story. You have your own hurts. You have your own addictions. You have your own secrets in life that you don't want anybody else to know about. What this verse here is saying to us is this. When you come in here, you can come as you are. That's why I played that song as a prelude. David Crowder's Come As You Are, because that's what you can do. You can come as you are with all of your faults, with all of your failures, with all of your sins. You can come as you are. But if you truly call upon the name of the Lord, you will leave this place changed. You will leave different and new. You'll have a fresh start. And it can happen. It can happen for you, and it can happen today. When you come into the presence of God, when you truly come into the presence of God, you can't help but leave that presence a changed person. First Samuel 10, 6 says, and you know what? I want you to feel the power of these words here. It says, then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Changed into a different person. Turned into another man. It means everyone here. Everyone in this room. If you experience Jesus, you will be changed. It's not a few elite It's not the 10 most faithful. It's not just for those 20 or 30 or those people that have been coming here 30 or 40 years. But that every single person, every one of us here, when we connect with God, when we pray, when we meet in our small groups, we make a commitment that, God, I'm no longer going to be a partially devoted follower of Christ. I'll do whatever you ask. I'll do whatever you say that I need to do, God. I'm fully in. And when we do that as a church... The Spirit of God, His power is going to come upon us as a church. And I'm telling you right now, lives are going to be changed. Our community will be transformed and they will be changed. And we will never be the same again if, if we will commit to doing that. He entrusts us with His unstoppable vision. Friends, we must be a church that welcomes people, that welcomes everyone in through our doors. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, we must also be a place where everyone is needed. We need every single one of you to do what God has gifted you to do. If you say, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I don't know that I've got the time. Let me just say this to you, and and I'm not saying it out of a calloused heart, but out of love for you and your growth with Christ. You may need to find a different place to serve then, because everyone here serves. That's what God is calling us to do, and that's what you need to do. And then we will be a place where everyone is changed. Because when you come under the power of God, let me tell you, you cannot help but be transformed, be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Let me close with this. It's a question for you. Will you give your life to the mission? Will you give your life to the vision, the unstoppable vision that God is going to give to this group of people? And I'm talking about give everything, everything that you are. Will you say, God, take me, send me, guide me, use me. And God, I mean all of me. I'm all yours. Will you say that? Let's pray.
0: I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620 336 2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed. And thanks again for listening to the Cherryvale First Baptist Church sermon podcast and have a blessed day.